We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Presented by Under Armour and live on playback. Make sure to join us every post game live on playback. Welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou, I'm in a good mood. Warriors win 110 99 over the Knicks. Got a solid showing all around, all things considered. Um, you know, friend of the show, Stephen A in the crowd. Getting to watch the Jonathan Kuminga coming out party. Over under Kuminga makes first take tomorrow. <laughs> I, it's got to be like minus 2,000. There's, don't even bet it. You're not going to make any money on it. You know Joe Lacob was there. You know you know he's going to be talking to Stephen A about, you see Kuminga? You see, you see what's going on there? And second star. Uh, but no, I mean, jokes aside, and Stephen A is hilarious. Jokes aside. Pretty impressive game from Kuminga. There's a, there's a lot of things to talk about, but I want to lead on Kuminga yeah, here. we should. 12 for 19, eight rebounds, 25 points, two assists. The part that excited me was the steals and the blocks. It feels like he's finally starting to um, realize, like, just how how disruptive he can be, right? Like, that's the whole thing with him. Like, he's he's a perfect wing physically. Like, he should be a – he should be more – more than just a guy who gets points, right? Like he has it in him to be that. And tonight against the Knicks, like I don't know, he's been he's been putting more and more of these performances together. More reasons to just kind of believe in him and and what he can be. The Knicks are not a soft team. They brought this up multiple yeah. times on the broadcast. I, I know they're missing guys. I know OG is a, an elite defender, and Julius Randle is another guy that's tough on offense. But regardless of if those guys are out, Hartenstein. Presta Chachua, Josh Hart, by the way, who played 47 minutes tonight. And Dante DiVincenzo. I love like, Tibbs. Absurd. <laughs> absurd. But, like, those guys are – they play hard and they hit, right? Like, this game yeah. was 110 to 99. In today's NBA, that is a low-scoring game. And Kaminga went right at them and was stronger than them, faster than them, bigger than them. So, I, I thought that was the most impressive part uh, to me. To me, it felt like – He's had a short NBA career because you got to keep in mind he hasn't played that many games. He's twenty across two and a half a seasons. This is probably the most important. Uh, uh, sorry, this is probably the best game I've ever seen him play. The best game, and you brought it up: two steals, two blocks, eight rebounds. That's what it was to me. Uh, most of his value, I think, 
the rest of, rest of his career is going to come as an elite help side defender. If he just ends up being an offensive player, I just don't think how I don't know how valuable he's going to be. But if he is going to be this great defensively, whoo! Like that, that is a brand new. Like it is the ceiling becomes so much higher. When you're when you're a six eight wing with a seven foot maybe seven plus wingspan and like top five athlete then maybe the best athlete in the NBA you know uh, it it would be disappointing if all you do is score <laughs> like he has the ability to affect the game in so many ways uh, and it's starting to come around like I basically pencil him in for twenty points right now uh, he gets a mismatch free throw line or below. He's putting the guy through the hoop. He's going to get a layup. He might get an and one, might get free throws. Like he's good for an efficient 20 points operating in those areas. But what's going to make him a star is being a disruptive defender, rebounding the ball, passing the ball. There was a play in the, was it the third quarter where he made that uh, quarterback like off the mm-hmm. rebound, the, the Kevin Love style pass to that type of stuff you weren't seeing him do a year or two ago. Uh, and I wanted to pull this up in the month of February. He's averaging 3.7 assists. I don't think assists are the best measure, but it's noticeable. Every time you watch him, he's getting more comfortable making reads, understanding what helps coming, making that second pass. And those are also the things he has to do, because if all he's going to do is like, I'm shooting the ball, I'm going for it. Like there's a limited ceiling for guys who can't make a decision on, ball, who can't recognize when the help is coming. You know, um, and it's a work in progress, but like the speed in which he's improving is super impressive. Like, and it's, did you see the, like the expressions on Steph and Draymond's face with like Kuminga, Moody and pods? Like they like those young guys. They're, they're definitely a little bought in. They, they like that. They bring energy. Well, they play hard and they kind of get it a little bit. There was a stretch in the in crunch time of that fourth quarter before Chris Paul came in and closed the game, which we'll get to because that was actually he, he should have been in and he closed it. But uh, hey, it was Stefan Draymond to go with Moody, Kaminga, and Pajemski. And you mentioned energy. Look, I don't I don't know how good those guys are today. I, I don't. I think they're missing some defense. I think they're missing some offense. But you know what? They're not missing. They're not missing scrappy. They're not missing grit. They're not missing energy. They're diving for every loose ball. Sometimes that's what you need to just win a basketball game, right? Sometimes that's what you need to win a game where, you know, Steph's, he had 31, but kind of struggled a little bit. You know, the team, you know, Sarge was bad. Uh, the team's bench, the, the bench was not great. Uh, the Knicks made the game ugly, but you can't have, you can have bad shooting games. You can have bad defensive games, but you're not going to have bad energy games with those guys in here. You know, th- I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. So it, it did make it. I think though that's what you're to your point to where Steph and Draymond are pretty happy. Um, it is because they're playing with guys that are just going 110%. I think the the value of that does mean a lot. It might not mean that much when it's postseason. The Warriors got to get to the postseason, so it means a lot right now on February 29th, where the Warriors are trying to get to, and today they get to four games about 500 that stuff matters a lot yeah and like the other part that's exciting is all those guys fit how they want to play uh yeah maybe a work in progress but they're getting they're they all fit like pajemski's absolutely a warrior player with like pass cut make reads fight for every rebound i mean it's his assist to turnover ratio is absolutely ridiculous for a rookie considering some of the passes he even tries to make you know moody 
Can we talk Moody's defense? He didn't have an impressive offensive game tonight. You know, three for nine, didn't hit a three, uh, but kind of locked up Brunson down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, he, he finds a way to make an impact. And I think he's the biggest beneficiary of Wiggins being gone right now because he can play 20 plus minutes. I understand they have a little bit of a minutes crush in the rotation, but I feel like if he just gets 20 plus minutes every night, he knows he's not going to get yanked on his first mistake or miss shot. He might take off in his role, the way that Kuminga took off in his role. Uh, when Draymond got suspended, like when Draymond got suspended, Kuminga just had the space to like play through mistakes a little bit. Um, that's how it feels with Moody. He's got a little more confidence. He gets, you know, because he's not, everyone makes mistakes. Steph Curry makes mistakes. Draymond makes mistakes. You have to be okay with like getting the space to play through a little bit. Yeah. We're doing Moody already. Okay. Let's do Moody. Yeah. This was, uh, this was the the game where, dude, you look at the box score. It doesn't even look good. Dude, what, no, no. If you, if you didn't the watch the game, line. you'd think like, eh, what? I right? didn't do anything really. Right? Yeah. You're watching this and you're just like, Ugh, eight points in 26 minutes and couldn't make free throws, couldn't make threes. But, you know, I think the question about Moses Moody uh, and why he didn't get minutes is, is, you know, he's playing behind Clay and Kaminga and, and these wings and, and Wiggins and he can't guard the ones not quick enough. Well, tonight he guarded a one. He guarded Jalen Brunson. Now, Jalen Brunson isn't a super quick one, but he's a super shifty one. If it wasn't for Moses Moody tonight, Andrew Wiggins, who's not playing, would have guarded Jalen Brunson. And so, look, man, is he going to be able to guard the quick-ass ones like De'Aaron Fox? No, but nobody's guarding De'Aaron Fox. So, right. to me, I'm watching this matchup, and I'm GP2, like... GP2, get up. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's the only person. The only person. Yeah. Maybe in the entire NBA. Him and Drew. But you watch these games, and you're like, well, goddamn, dude, if, if he could actually guard Jalen Brunson, and he's out there, and he's super smart, so he's not doing dumb that's stuff an on offense. That's really, I mean, he should at least be playing 20 minutes a game and everybody's saying it. We've been saying it. I just think it, it's so obvious to the point where now he's even acing the part that I think they thought he couldn't do. They're telling us he's not good enough on defensive guard one, so he doesn't play. They're telling us he's not good enough on offense where he can fit in, so he doesn't play. But now they throw him out there. That he goes from playing zero minutes, Sam, to playing 26 tonight. 26. And he closed tonight. Come on. <laughs> so that's the frustrating part. It's like, what is, how does that even make sense? Did it feel any different with Moody in there in place well, of Wiggins? Surely. I mean, neither of them can make three. No, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. No, no, no. I, I agree. This is, in Moses Moody's career, very, very short career, I do think this is the moment that he can, I mean, if he takes charge of this moment, we might never see the other guy again. Because to, to your point, it's like, uh, we just might never see him again. Because the changing of the guard, we saw Kaminga be the changing of the guard when he whined to Shams. And he got minutes. Work for him. Now he's now he's playing 30 minutes a night. This is the moment for Moody, I think, where it's, this is an opportunity. This really is. Yeah. No, I mean, it's exciting. And then Pod's another, like, couldn't hit a shot type of game, but still had an impact the whole way through. Uh I like those three young guys. I, 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 to be honest with you, I like all the Warriors young guys that they have in the context of they make sense for how the Warriors want to play and what they want to do. Like Trace Jackson Davis, he's another guy who hasn't seen the floor as much as he should. And, you know, we can kind of we can whine about it if we want to. But like when he plays, you feel him, you know, another guy out there. And, and I give the front office a little credit for oh. at least figuring out the type of guys that make sense with the Warriors, you know, going with that a little bit.
A Year's Podcast is and has been all season long brought to you by Under Armour. Steph Curry, as he did tonight, 31 points makes you believe you can do anything. And the Curry 11s are specifically designed with ultimate bounce, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up now and showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry this NBA season. Rock with your favorite player, rep his shoes on and off the court. The Curry 11s are perfect for both the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet, locked in no matter what you do on the court, stopping your tracks with dual-density UA flow, cushioning and traction. An emergency break you don't even notice. Steph's 11th signature shoe steps into the second decade of his sneaker career, pulling colorway inspiration from the wonders of a positive and modernized future on and off the court. Take these kicks with you when you leave the scrimmage and rep UA wherever you go. Do your thing. Change the game. The Curry 11 Future Curry, available now at currybrand.com. Let Yours Podcast brought to you by Good Chop. Everyone wants to start the year off on the right foot. And for us, for me, for everyone, that means making sure you are eating well and have enough energy to do everything you want to do. But I... I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. It's not going to happen this time of the year. I literally storming today in the peninsula. You're not going to really want to go out and drive and buy some every night, right? So that's we're soft. We're soft, man. I'm definitely soft. I am <laughs> definitely soft. Uh, so I good chop. So it's a life is such a lifesaver for me. Good chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. If you're like Sam, you live in a mansion three and a half. <laughs> kilometers Stop. away from uh from uh from a, from the store you know this is where good chop comes in these right are, these are lies <laughs> the products are vacuum sealed frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want you can choose from over 70 high quality cuts 100 grass-fed ribeyes usda prime filet mignon free range and organic chicken breast pork tenderloin wow and thick cut bacon just to name a few and if you don't eat meat and you're a pescatarian, they also offer sustainable and wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific cod, scallops, it's my favorite, shrimp, and more. And it won't cost a fortune. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. So go to goodchop.com slash lightyears120 and use code lightyears120 to get $120 off your first four boxes. That's code at lightyears120 at goodchop.com slash lightyears120 for $120 off goodchop.com slash lightyears120. Code. Light years, 120. Let's talk Steph real quick. I thought Steph was I thought Steph was aggressive tonight. He's been pretty in denial that he's in a slump or that he's sorry, he's in denial that he's fatigued. Have you heard him talk about this? Like he, <laughs> he's he was, in denial. He was, the dude came out and got seven rebounds in the first quarter. He's like, Who are you talking about fatigued? You know? <laughs> Steph Brook out here. Uh still like he, a little bit of a shooting slump. He was aggressive tonight, though. You know he loves playing at the Garden. I won't call it a... It, only Steph Curry can score 31 and get 11 rebounds, and we're like, eh, not, not his best, you know? But, like, that's kind of how it goes. Um, That's funny. The denial stuff is funny. Yeah, I, I don't think it was... A, I thought it was going to be a super Steph bounce-back game, you know, 45 mm-hmm. or something like that. But he went a little cold, turned the bottle over a little bit, but he finished. He finished in the fourth quarter because he's the clutch player of the year. By the way, did you see the odds? For a clutch player of the year, Steph, overwhelming. <laughs> I, funny. I, I don't 
ascribe to fake <laughs> awards, but I hear you. <laughs> they I are hear fake you. awards. They are fake awards. I don't even know why the NBA comes up with this nonsense. It's totally subjective awards. Just fix fix the officials. Like, <laughs> that's that's all we want, guys. It, I don't need a clutch player of the year. I need you to not call a foul when someone snaps their neck steps snaps their neck back. Sorry. Uh, you know, funny because tonight I thought um, after Steph didn't get that call, which was absurd. I don't even know how they didn't get a tech. They were all bitching at the ref. Um, Jalen Brunson didn't get any calls tonight, which I thought was hilarious because Jalen Brunson is one of those professional grifters, right? He's just he's so good at you can snap, snap his head back. So, do you feel like since the All Star game, they've been calling games a little straighter, dude? Am I the only? <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you brought it up. I I yeah. didn't know if I was right or not. I, 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 like I'm not gonna sit here and act like I watch all the games, but. I kind of feel that way. It, it it feels a little less bullshitty the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if it's just coincidental with the games I'm watching, but it does feel like, uh, you know, honestly, just let a little more contact go. That's like really all you need to do to fix basketball. Don't, don't blow a whistle anytime someone like touches or does anything, you know? Did you see the Clippers Lakers game last night? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was pretty well riffed. I somebody in the comments uh on playback here is saying that there are have been some bad edit game calls. Yeah, on their next one. But but I think we're not we're not complaining about refs with like in regards to just bad end of game calls. It, it's the totality of the game. It's about the, the flow. Yeah, yeah, the flow and ruin. I think Marcus Thompson breaks this up a lot. It's like it's like the way that you officiate the game in the first 10 minutes or five minutes is gonna it's just, are you going to allow people to just run around all day and, and just get foul calls? Because the game's going to be in the 130s, right? Or or are you going to just let stuff go and it's a more realistic game like it was tonight? So, yeah, I mean, maybe, hopefully. I know in the playoffs, usually they fix it for the playoffs, which is cool. But, man, let's yeah. get that in the regular season. Hey, back to Steph. Back to Steph. Did you – um? Do you, do you think he's gonna play tomorrow when you when you talk about being yes. tired? Like hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not. He's already said. They already said he's playing. They could always change their mind, uh, but they got to win in Toronto. So it's a, it's a right, right. reeling opponent. They need to win these. Like if anything, you got to win in Toronto, and whatever happens against Boston happens. But yeah. Uh, but you know the player who can make Steph's life easier, who just came back last game, Chris Paul. Nice CP3 game tonight. You give him a little credit there. I I, I feel like it's your time. Look, it's a small it's a small sample, but they look like the team we envisioned in the preseason in our best case scenario with like Chris Paul stabilizing the minutes and steps off the court. Uh, and it, you know, Clay's played a lot better with Chris Paul next to him in general. Uh, and just kind of having that other like high IQ decision maker out there. Uh, hitting his shots a little bit tonight. Uh, I think he played a good game. I, I agree. Um, he looked great against the bench units. Um, even though the Warriors struggled in those ben- bench units, I don't think it was a Chris Paul issue. Yeah, I, I thought it was more of a, like, I just you can't play Sarge. I, I think Pods missed shots. Like, you just got to put more scorers and or elite defenders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, maybe you got to put GP2. He only played nine minutes tonight. You got to put him yeah. Um, or more moody. So I, I don't think the bench unit struggling was Chris Paul's fault. I actually think him individually was great. What's curious though, Sam, is he closed over Clay. Mm-hmm. He closed over Clay. Do you agree with that? You like that tonight? I think in this matchup it made sense. In the in the sense of the Knicks are so small without OG and uh, Julius Randall, you can get away with that a little more. 
uh, and putting that ball handler next to Steph, it, it does help you close a game. Uh, they were they were kind of closing defensive. Like, we just don't want to make mistakes. We can't have three pick sixes, that sort of thing, right? So I, I agree. I, I thought I, that was the right move. Yeah, I think it made sense, and I've actually really appreciated the way Clay's handled it too. I think he's pretty bought into his role right now. He's, he's been playing really good basketball since he moved to the bench, pretty comfortable in that role. So, you know. I I, could, I I think this was the right matchup. It was the right move. That's it. It, it, it. If OG and Randall were playing, then you cannot close with Chris Paul. Um, yeah, it's and, it's and a different. It's I mean, simple. it's a different yeah. matchup if those it's guys simple. are playing, right? Yep. Like, but they didn't. So you go with what works, and it worked. They closed it. Gotta get to your favorite segment, Wiggins watch. <laughs> All right. So pregame, oh, I'm gonna mute myself. This was Steve Kerr. Is it, you would categorize it as an excused absence. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is a um, personal um, issue that uh, he's dealing with, and we we expect him back. But um, yeah, it's we're gonna it'll remain private. Are you the one kind of in contact with him? I remember you were last time. Uh, the, Rick Rick has been in touch with him. I have too. Um, but um, yeah, it, 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 like I said, we we expect him back. And sooner, like, is there Not any sure. clarity? Okay. Not sure. You see that shrug? You see that shrug? Watch, look at it one more time. So tired. Uh, my first thought on all this is I feel for Steve Kerr, and this is why he got that big extension, because he he has to be the one who gets in front of everyone and has to deal with this, you know? Like, it's not fun. It's not fun at all to have to do that. But, you know, Steve Kerr, one of his best values is being a leader in these moments. Uh, and, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. Like, this isn't, quote, unquote, what, you, you know, you sign up for when you're a coach, right? But, but you know what? There we go. There we it's go. Pretty, I, think it, I think it would be pretty easy for him or any of the players to, to throw Wiggins under the bus, actually. I think it would be pretty easy. And I think people get really pissy and mm-hmm. people are really, like, protective. I don't really even know why. You are they you really know- protective or is that a weird social media thing because i don't see that shit anywhere except outside of twitter where people are trying to show off about how they're the most emotionally uh aware person on earth you know i I agree i just think if you were super if you were that way i just i think if you don't know what's going on why would you feel that way right so i I just I think it's easy for it would be easy for Steve Kerno players to to get pissy about this, and maybe they are behind the scenes, um, but they're not publicly. And I think that's pretty. I think that speaks a lot of their character. Um, I think that's that's what I'll say. I, I think it's obvious that Steve Kerr is great character, and um, he shows it dealing with situations like this because uh, this is not an easy situation to be in. If you're a coach, it's also not an easy situation to be in when you're players. Man, they're in a good stretch here. They're trying to win games. They're on a road trip. They need him, and he just vanishes. And he did it last year. And there's no reason, there's there's nothing, and he comes back and, I mean, seemingly completely fine, and, and we don't talk about it. It's just a weird, shitty situation, and, you know. And that's and that's a part of it. To your, to your point, if he's back on Sunday or Tuesday and the totality of his exit was a week, it's completely forgotten about within a few days after that. Like, I will forget about it. I'll be like, all right, so I don't know what that's happened, but it was like that's four days. <laughs> I mean, two different things. I I generally don't trust him, but you know, if it's like 
three, four games, I'm not going to think too heavily of it. My fear here is the way Steve Kerr talks about it makes me think it's going to spiral into whatever the hell happened last year. Yeah, right. Um, right. And, like, it's just – look at how well they play without him. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm watching this team and I'm going – if they had one more high-level contributor who was a consistent contributor, it's a title team. And who's that highly paid contributor who's Mr. Inconsistency? It's Wiggins. So it, it's hard for me not to juxtapose the two positions. I don't know what's going on. As always, like I hope things are okay. But it's like you're you're paid – based upon your value. When you're paid more money, more expectations are upon you. That's life. That's true of your job. That's true of my job. That's true of everyone's job. You get a promotion, more responsibilities on your shoulders. It's his entire career has been more enigmatic than consistent. He had an amazing stretch in 2022, right? He just did. And I just, I feel like I'm tired of chasing the player he was that one time when majority of his career has been uh, more the guy we've seen most of this year, which is inconsistent. But all that said, like that's me projecting my long-term feelings on him. I don't know. We got to see how this plays out a little more. Again, again, I think the comments, the comments have been killing it today. Actually, Mm -hmm. it gets me, gets me, gets me going, but they, they talk about how, you know, if, if this was a team on the East coast, if this was a New York or Boston or Philly team, what, what are we talking about here? If anything, Barrier fans are pretty nice, man. <laughs> so that, that's, that's that's honestly that's what it is, man. Like we are the nicest nicest fans in honestly in in sports in at least in America. Actually, yeah, in America, Asian fans are probably the nicest. Like when you go to Japan and Korea or whatever. But um, but you go you go out here, man. Like Barrier fans are as understanding as it can be. Now, Barrier fans, as you know, if a team's going to be boring or uninteresting, they just will tune you out. They they won't get mad. They just won't go. They just won't show up. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think ownership's going to love that. Yeah, I don't think exactly. Joey Lacob likes that. Right. A different story. I mean, they still got staff and stuff, so like they'll still get people. But you know what I mean? Like, like I think he has it. Wiggins has it pretty easy. I think with with great character from the coaching, and and he's got a great leader with Steph, and he also has the fans that aren't really going after him. Like it's it's whatever he's going through. It's the best place to go do it here. That's for damn sure. That's <laughs> so I guess I'll end my take with that. Yeah, I'll see how it plays out. I'm pessimistic about the whole I thing. I am too. I am too. I am too. I'm yeah. Like, I am too. I don't think he's coming back. Um, there, There's always a chance he's back in two games, and you and I like will laugh about this a little bit, but it's like he doesn't really have credibility in my mind. You know, that's that's the whole thing. When you do what you did last year, uh, and you come back and kind of just like don't say anything, and everyone just like pretends it wasn't a big thing, and then you do it again at the same time of year, right after the trade deadline when everyone was looking to shop you. Like, what do you expect? Like, funny. why would I? Why would I believe in you? Why would I believe in you, dude? You know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Whereas, like, Clay was really struggling most of this year. I give him a little more slack, given how much I know he wants it, given how much I've seen him go through all the different time. mentality. Different dog. Yeah. Clay got the d- different dog. Yeah, Clay, credibility. Clay's it's so all cool. about it's all about credibility, man. You know, yeah. it's all about credibility. Anyway, I, I say we get to some callers. Hey, look, we're gonna have to talk about this pretty much every episode until we get some sort of answer. I'm not thrilled about it. I know you're not thrilled about it, but it is what it is. See what the goons are up to. Yeah. Oh, what's up, man? Yeah. 
Yeah, what's up, y'all? Yes, yeah, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How's it going? It's good. I was just, yeah, like same with y'all. I was just really impressed by the young guys tonight. I saw Moody was doing that stuff on Brunson in like the first half. And I thought it would be like, oh, just like a little story. But like that was really to me like the story of the game. And I'm kind of with y'all. Like I don't, you know, maybe Wiggins comes back, but I'm just don't have faith in it. So I would like to see like, I would like to see Moody on like, if we need to have him, I, I know we have a few games against Dallas. I'd like to see how he fares against Luca. Luca might be too big for him, but yeah, like with Brunson, he's really shifty, but he's he's not the fastest in the world. So Moody's able to like stay down. And he didn't bite. Like the, the biggest thing is just not biting on the fakes with Brunson. And I think he just really did a good job with that. And I yeah, I also agree with you guys. Like I'm not just like gonna hate on Sarge and stuff, but like yeah, if he's not doing good, in the, if he's not shooting well in the first quarter, I just take him out. Um, it's just like a minor thing because that's always what seems to happen in the early fourth quarter, and I think that contributes to the leads, and then they start melting down from there. Yeah, you make a good point about the the staying in front of the the head fakes. That's actually. You know, I know Looney looks bad now, but he was so good at that when he used to guard Harden. He was so good at just staying down, staying down, staying down, not not fouling. I mean, he used to be the best. Sam, you're muted. I know, I know you want to talk, but uh, that that used to be the used to be the best at that. Oh yeah, that was that's how he got on the court. He was the only guy who wouldn't jump at James Harden over these years, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of value in just kind of just kind of playing it smart, not making a mistake, right? Like it sounds boring, but like, don't reach, don't jump at guys and you'll get on the court a little bit. And Moody, I thought was excellent tonight. So appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Thank you. This team misses, this team misses those type of players. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they have a lot of guards. They have a lot of guys who like shooting. They have a lot of bigs that are kind of one dimensional, but, and those wings that can defend Andre Livingston, you know, Otto Porter, Otto Porter kind of was a big, but like they just, you know, it's nice to have, nice to see Moody do that again. It, it's nice to have guys over six six who can defend. It, it really is, is man. <laughs> really, really, like you know, we love pods, but man, he he's you know he can't he can't guard he can't guard those bigs the way that Moody can. And, you know, anyway, I think up, brother? it's my, 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 my Moody minutes. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, guys? Uh... Big win. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with everyone else on, on the on the Wiggins thing. It's just kind of like a, a, a shitty situation that gets brought up all the time. It's just like it's just brutal to listen to with everything else going on. Um, I kind of two questions: one Warriors, one NBA as a whole. Okay. okay. Warriors. I, like uh, uh, I was thinking, how much with like I was watching some of Kaminga's early games compared to where he is now. So, how much of that do you think is is part of like the frustration that we had with Kerr, where he'd bench him? But like to get the point across of like slashing more, rebounding, being more defensively involved instead of just because there was just so much floating in the first seven games. And it's probably a little bit of like a, like chicken and the egg where it's like it, I was literally it, gonna say, yeah. Um, but I think the way that he's developed, Boz has developed, TJD looks like he's developing. It's just it's just like an interesting note where like everyone, I'm not like a crew apologist, but like just crushes him. So um, I mean. Even Joe Lacob gave Steve some credit there. I, I'm thinking of the interview he had with Tim Kawakami. I'm going to try to bring it up. And he says, you know, people say uh, Steve's not a good development coach, but would Kuminga be where he is without Steve's tough love? You can't say. Um, I do think there's – development's like – it's more of an art than a science, right? So it, Steve – we know what Steve wants, but I think he's consistent. 
which is the most important thing in this whole thing. And to your point, like, yeah, it's frustrating not seeing JK play for as long as he did, but it's working, right? Like it, it, it worked. So if we, if we get to the end point we want, like you have to, uh, you you kind of have to go with it, even if it was infuriating, like for two years watching it go on. Yeah, a little like Machiavellian, you know. Yeah. Um, second thing, I've been thinking about this for like the last two weeks. I don't know why, but uh, I feel like I've been getting hammered with the propaganda of like Adam Silver being like one of the best commissioners. Who the? F- Just like, what, intro, like, did you like, time on, travel to 2015? Like where? On <laughs> talk about on where on where on network television like oh yeah 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 okay do they Uh, call him adam that's my favorite thing when they uh when they're like hey you know adam feels this way i'm like he's not your friend what what are we doing (laughs) uh maybe mr s i don't know um but i still think like looking back on like david like how incredible a commissioner did commissioner david stern was where the league being able to capitalize because i think there's like so much uh so much growth and like the game has just gotten to be unbearable to watch at times um so i was wondering like what what do you think what changes other than the refs do you think we need to be put in place like i kind of like point of changing contracts where it's you know you get incentive to be an all nba player over four years versus just you know the year that your contract expires you have to be all nba and play 75 games or every 65 games um I don't know. I just feel like I'm not sure if it's irreparable. That it's just like there's been so much player empowerment where now it's just until revenue starts to decrease and valuations go down. Um, yeah, man, that is a great question. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, and I'll, I'll pick the obvious one. Um, man, I just love to see 15 less games. Uh, like, uh, can we just can we figure out a way so that? the loss of money short term is gets it, they can sell it so that hey long term you know things are going to be better, better product right yeah. long term but obviously owners are going to be like no i'm not going to take you know especially with this tv deal we're not going to take less of course you know cuz cuz you know millionaires and billionaires risk. are billionaires and risk and stuff so but i would i would love that i would love to see 66 65 games i actually don't think players would like it either i think players are kind of like well i want to get my numbers right like your number like steps all of a sudden steps playing 65 games you know what i'm saying like stuff like that so um i don't i don't know that's the thing that i would love to see the the less we see of the nba the better because it just drives the the nfl is the nfl what if we just had the NBA play three three times a week, right? We just had them play that Saturday night slot, right? Sunday and or maybe three or four times. Tuesday, right? Like well, you Tuesday, get my point. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever. Sure. You get yeah, my point. Yeah. yeah, it would be great. You could push it past football season, right? So if you have sixty five games, you could kick it out, start the season. Because I thought yeah. that's what they were going to do when COVID happened. Was that they would just adjust the schedule so you'd have they just compete with baseball? I thought that was an obvious thing to do. So like yeah. the finals would be in August. Yeah. And then see, that way, but I think basketball is still salvageable. But see, baseball is yeah. so cooked. I love baseball, but yeah. like they're, they're so like it's just. I think it's an easy sport to compete against compared yeah. to college football and yeah, yeah. I mean, college, I think college football is getting even bigger, right? I yeah, mean, shit. I mean, oh, college basketball is cooked. I mean, like you, you look at that. I mean, even college basketball is dead. I mean, college women's basketball does does better. Actually, college women's basketball does better than WNBA. Anyway, Sam, what's your what's your fix? What, what you got for us? I think the NBA leaned too much into entertainment under Adam Silver. 
too much like, well, people like offense, so let's skew the rules to our offense. Well, people like rumors on social media, so let's make that the coverage. And so my fix is because Silver's not a uh, basketball guy in, in the purest of senses, let the rules committee, let the basketball people set the tone. You know, I think people ultimately like competition. People know what looks like real basketball and what doesn't look like real basketball. People want things to be, people want like the unwritten rules. You know what I mean? Like they want players criticized for jumping ship. They don't want to be lectured that they're like bad. Oh, players have agency. They can do this sort of thing. You know, like it has to kind of feel like how you grew up a little bit where there's pride and, and kind of those the unwritten rules is really the term I keep coming back to. Like, when that stuff doesn't matter, then you just start losing people. Like, well, why should I care? If this is all just a business and no one cares about anything, then why should I care? You know? So I would lean into whatever gets basketball back to like the soul of the game in general, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's just like appointing a rules committee who oversees stuff. Um, but to your point, the thing I always appreciated about David Stern, it wasn't perfect. He didn't make every good decision but he was not afraid to be unpopular, which I think is an important quality if you're going to be in charge. Because sometimes you're going to make decisions that no one wants to hear, but in five years, they'll be like, you know, you're right. You know, that sort of thing. So Goodell, I think that's, right? that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Bashes on Goodell. And then the last point, I think, too, like the other tipping point was just the focus on the individual player. Like we talk about who's the face mm-hmm. of the versus franchises like the NFL, right? Like you're a Niner fan. If Drake Green is there or not there, or if you know Purdy's there or not there, or Ayuk is there, like obviously you like those players and you might follow them. But the NBA is so yeah player driven. It's like I don't like, I don't really give a shit where James Harden plays or Russell Westbrook plays or Ant plays. Like you know, at one point you used to be like you're a fan of the Warriors, so I don't know. I the the fan that's an interesting one. I mean, that it goes right back to your player movement thing, though. It's dude, what makes what's gonna have the most passion is always gonna be an actual fan base. And it's not player fan base. I mean, I'm sure LeBron has a big player fan base, but like that doesn't move the needle. You know, like having having a great team in Portland like moves the needle more than like, okay, can you put James Harden? Like that doesn't do anything. To me, it's it's having those fan. I mean, Utah has great has a great fan base. Um, anyway. So I don't know. I don't know how they kind of fix that with just how NBA is different for NFL, where there's just a couple players and players are always gonna be more important in the NBA than it is in the NFL. Um, for sure, but I yeah, don't cool. I don't know. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, have a great you. one. You too. I like that. It's a good call. It's fun. Somebody brought up the NBA being global versus the NFL being the United States. I never really understood that one. Like it, it never moved me because I'm like, I also don't think it it necessarily like it, it's factually true, but I don't think it's the reason that the league's trending in ways that um, lose consumers, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I just, you really, whatever. Anyway, sorry, go, go. Gio, what's up, man? Oh, Gio, <laughs> what do we got? Yo, can y'all hear me? Yes, yeah, sir. We, can hear you. we just like talking over yeah. you because we're assholes. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Honestly, I don't want to talk about the whole Wiggins thing. And mostly, like, like the way the media is covering it. I mean, like, because, like, because like the idea that this was like Steph or LeBron just like decided deciding you want I'm not gonna play basketball two months like every other year. This idea they would accept that premise in any capacity is insane. And the way they talk about like the whole situation is weird to me. Like 
It's your job. So is, it, is, your, about it. is your point that you think everyone's too soft on Wiggins? Like they're just no, letting my it point is, if My point is, you're a journalist. Ask questions. Like, why are you doing this whole, like, this whole thing? I'm like, like, oh, Bird, like why is she doing why is she why is she doing doing this whole thing yeah yeah it's just dumb like it's just dumb like ask questions bro that's your job like i don't i don't understand this that's that's my take it's not just stupid it's just dumb ain't wrong hmm. fair enough a basketball take for us geo you got chris paul you like chris paul's minutes tonight i mean listen like if the thing is i i was i now I watched the game today i was i was i was busy but yeah. uh, honestly like just get me a big. It's not sorry. Okay, like get me like a. Like, do something. It's not. Or, that's that, that, that's not sorry. That's, that's my take, honestly. Because I, yeah. I think three is fine. If we have like front court help depth, right? Yeah. If you have a big man or 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 a good four, he's fine. But, like, no players. No players over six six alive, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I I don't disagree with you. I I. I you. Yeah. No. I appreciate you, Gio. Oh, you. He just—he's. I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's ever happy. I don't think he's ever. He's always <laughs> always something with Gio. That's yeah. our, that's our guy right there. Um, TJD looked good tonight. So there's there's that. Um, man, Sarge has got what? What do you think? Over. I mean, we'll end with this. Sarge has got how many games left in the rotation with Chris Paul before Kerr has to bench him? Two and a half. Two and a half know, bad he ones. Was, he was bad tonight, but he wasn't bad last game. Oh. Uh. Oh, Boston's gonna be a problem for him though. Yeah, no. And then Milwaukee. Yeah, it's, it, it might get rough for Dario. It might get rough for Dario. Yeah. I do like that they're playing him with Trace. Like the the combination right. makes sense. He's the stretch four with the young athletic rim runner. Uh, if this doesn't work, like yeah, I, I don't know what you do. Then he might. If this if this combination doesn't work for him, he's in a most space role where it's like yeah, yeah maybe we throw out there where we need some shooting, but otherwise. You might not play for four games in yeah. a row. You know? His confidence is shot too. I watched him. Yeah, his, his head was down. I actually felt kind of bad. Like he his he opened threes. He's just missing them, and um, they're picking on him on defense. He knows he's food. It's actually I, like I know I've been like I'm always always down to make fun of people because you know whatever. But this is I mean it's tough. It's tough out there for him right now. So I actually I actually hope he plays better. I hope you hope know he shot the ball well this season, but he's currently not shooting the ball well and. When, when you combined it with everything else he's struggling with, it's just like the perfect yep. storm, you know? Yep. So, yeah, yep. hopefully, uh, tomorrow, don't need him tomorrow. It's a back to back. So, they'll need him, don't need a good game from him. So, hopefully, hopefully, better. Yeah. It does feel it, it feels a lot like what happened with Looney a month ago, where Steve's like, I really want to play you, but like every game, you know, 12 minutes turns to 10, 10 turns to eight. And then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, man, I can't do it. Yeah, it's like you'll get another shot, but like in the short term, you're not in the rotation. So, yeah, yeah. I said we get out of here on that. I feel overall in a good mood here. Let's get to it. We'll see everyone. We'll see you when we see you. All right, guys.